Jesus. Hello, welcome in. Thank you for joining me. Grab a seat, get comfortable. It's going to be a pretty long podcast, but I'd like to welcome you to the third episode of Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls. In this episode, I'm going to give you a little recap of the last night's game between the Broncos and the Panthers, what a scorcher that was. Going to look ahead to this week, the first week of NFL. Thank God we got football back on Sundays. Then, going to talk a little bit about some fantasy sleepers, some people you should plug and play this week. Then, going to bring, we're going to rewind it a little bit. Going to talk about some college football that will be coming up Saturday and a couple games Friday as well. So, like I said, sit back, get comfortable. It's going to be a long podcast, but it's going to be a good podcast, and I'm glad you're listening in. So to get this ball rolling on this podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about UofL football. They got an away game at Syracuse Friday night. Syracuse is uh, getting 15 points, so UofL favored by 15. Lamar Jackson coming off that huge game where he had eight, po- eight touchdowns in the first half. Eight. That's monstrous. Um, impressive, to say the least. Uh, UofL looking really good, like I said, against Charlotte last week. Um, don't know how they're going to be able to fare against Syracuse, though. I definitely think UofL is going to win the game. 15 points is a little bit to me. Syracuse always plays UofL tough, whether it's at UofL, at Syracuse. I do like UofL in this game, though. Um, they get they have a lot to build on from last week, a lot looking right for them. I think it's going to be a nice early season test. My fear is, though, I don't want the Cardinals looking ahead to next week when they got Florida State coming in to Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. I want them to be able to focus on this week. So like I said, I definitely think UofL gets the win. 15, I'll say they'll cover it. Um, Don't hold me to that, though, but I do think they will cover it. I think Lamar Jackson really shows that um, he's not just a running quarterback this game. I think he stands back there, gets a lot of pass. I think he gets... A lot of passing touchdowns this game, maybe a running touchdown. I think Bobby Petrino is going to want him, as the season goes along, to be able to show that he's more than just a running quarterback. Yes, I can run, but um, it's more. I'm, I can throw the ball too. So, like I said, UofL to cover the 15, just a little bit worried that they might be looking ahead to next week. But, again, UofL to cover. Keeping with the trend of local teams, we're going to talk a little bit about the Kentucky Wildcats coming off that real disappointing letdown uh, blow up in the second half against Southern Miss. They look to rebound as they go down to the swamp, take on the Florida Gators. Florida's a 16.5 point favorite. Kentucky, like I said, really trying to rebound. It's not really a make or break game for the season. They could still make a bowl game if they win this, if they lose this game, but going to be real tough if they do that. UK has played Florida pretty tough the past two years. But the streak that Florida has had, I think it dates back to about 1987 since the last time Kentucky won at Florida. So history not on the Wildcats side. Kentucky did a lot of right things in the first half of the game, did a lot of wrong things in the second half that led to their loss. Um, Florida, though, as I said, I mentioned in my second podcast, they were a bit of a disappointment to me. They played UMass and didn't really impress. They only won 24-7. The game was at Florida. So... I think a more talented Kentucky team than UMass could give Florida some trouble. I think Florida might just be overlooking them a little bit. 
after seeing what Kentucky did last weekend. So I don't think Florida's going to cover. I do think, though, Florida will win. I think they have too much talent. I think the Swamp really helps the Gators there. Um, Kentucky, a younger team, um, not really sure if they're going to be able to respond. Gonna Looks like they're going to start the season 0-2. And not many UK fans really thought that was going to happen. At worst, they thought probably 1-1. One one. At best, I mean 2-0 and oh if they got lucky. But the way it's looking, they're going to go 0-2. And, and this is going to raise a lot of eyebrows for Stoops' future. So it's not a must win. It would be a great win, though, if the Cats could come out on top. But I don't see it happening. Give me Florida, but I don't think they're going to cover. Now that we got the home games out of the way, let's look else around the college football world. Um, the next biggest game I could think of, probably the TCU-Arkansas game. The game's at TCU. TCU's a 7.5-point favorite. TCU last weekend didn't really dominate their opponent, was a little sluggish coming out of the gate. TCU's defense did look really good, though, and so did Kenny Hill, the transfer from Texas A&M. Um, Arkansas, the same old story, able to run the ball, long sustained drives, Take the air out of opposing team stadiums. Take the crowd right out of games like that. My only concern is they're not winning against SEC schools, and TCU's a pretty good team. So I don't foresee Arkansas being able to win this game. I think it'll be somewhat close, though. I think TCU does cover, though, the 7.5. I'm thinking anywhere from about 10 to 18-point victory for TCU just because it's at TCU. And I think TCU's defense with the week to prepare for Arkansas's run game um, is going to be able to really lock that down and try and make Arkansas's quarterback beat them, which I'm not sure at this point he's going to be able to do. So like I said, TCU, 7.5, they're covering. Now let's move a little bit north. Going to talk about battle of in-state schools. We got Penn State playing Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a four and a half point favorite. The game's at Pittsburgh, so I could see why. Penn State looked pretty good in their opener. So did Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh running back a real feel-good story. Coming back from cancer, scoring the first touchdown of the season for them. I like Penn State though. I really think James Franklin, he's finally getting his players in. They're coming off all their sanctions stuff, getting scholarships back. He's able to implement his system and the way he wants the football program run and stuff. I think the players are finally starting to buy in to what he's saying. I think James Franklin and the Nittany Lions come out and probably win a close game, but I definitely think Penn State wins this one. Next game I want to talk about, we got North Carolina going to Champaign, playing the Fighting Illini of Illinois. Illinois is a seven-and-a-half underdog. North Carolina coming off a pretty tough, hard-fought loss to Georgia. I think this is maybe a little bit of a trap game for the Tar Heels. All that energy they used last week at Georgia. Illinois under Lovey Smith looked real good in their in his debut. So I think Illinois is going to upset the Tar Heels this weekend. Then we're going to look to uh, another in-state battle. We got SMU going against Baylor. Baylor's a 31.5-point favorite, and SMU isn't really looking as good as I thought they would. SMU, I thought, was kind of trending upwards a little bit, but Baylor, I have to take my hat off to you. The way they responded this first weekend, granted, they didn't play anybody. They didn't play a world beater. They played a cupcake team, 
But to come out and play as well as they did and score as many points with all the controversy they had this offseason, getting a new coach, all the um, legal accusations, everything else that they had to deal with, I'm really impressed with Baylor. Um, They didn't lose a step on offense. They still got Bryle's son there. So Baylor... With that higher high power offense, I think they're going to cover the 31 and a half points as well. Next game we're going to look at, they're billing it as the Battle of Bristol. It's Virginia Tech versus Tennessee. Tennessee, 11 and a half point favorite. Tennessee trying to put behind that Appalachia State game where they came out, barely won it overtime. Um, Josh Dobbs didn't look very impressive at all. Virginia Tech looking to make a seat, make a splash on the scene with their new coach. Um, I think Tennessee, though, I think they got a kick in the ass last week, got a wake-up call. If they can get their offensive line struggles worked out, they're a real, real good football team, really dangerous football team. I understand Rome wasn't built in a day nor a week, so the problems they had aren't going to be fully fixed in one week, though. But I think they're going to be able to build on it. I think their coaches are going to be able to show some film to them and really teach them and kind of guide them in the right way how to uh, change and fix what they did wrong. So I I foresee Tennessee coming out on top in this one, maybe a little bit closer than 11.5, so I don't think Tennessee is going to cover, but probably a 10-point victory, kind of comfortable victory, maybe close in the first half, and then Tennessee kind of pulls away. But again, foresee Tennessee rebounding, really kind of making a dominant statement victory this weekend and uh, beating the Hokies. The last college football game I'm going to talk about is another bluegrass team, um, West Kentucky is going to go down to Alabama. Alabama's 28.5 point favorite. Western looked real good in their uh, season opener last week. I think they really got some questions that they needed answered, answered. Furby was a really good option uh, on the ground for them. Uh, their quarterback played really well, um, really assured some fans' minds how they're going to be able to play Dowdy at quarterback. But they're playing Alabama at Alabama. Um, a real David and Goliath story here. Alabama really, again, just how Western Kentucky had some questions, so did Alabama, but Alabama really answered them pretty emphatically. Jalen Hurts came in at quarterback and really impressed. Uh, Damian Harris, the running back, also impressed as well. Um, maybe Western can keep it a game for the first quarter if they're lucky the first half. I think Alabama, though, they do cover. They do win. Western takes this one on the chin. They get their money, and they head back to Bowling Green and just get ready for the next week. That's all I could really hope for if I was a Western fan, to keep the game close for the first half and get a lot of kids playing time and let them be able to say, hey, I have to play against Alabama. But again, Alabama to cover the 28.5 points. Sorry, Tops fans. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's here. It is finally here. The first Sunday of NFL football. We did it. We waited oh so long since February, and now we are finally here. So, to get into this, going to start off with Tampa Bay at Atlanta, and the Falcons are two and a half point favorite. I think Tampa Bay this year has a really good chance to maybe win the NFC South. Um, Jameis Winston really going to improve, I feel like. Uh, has the same offensive coordinator, head coach as he did last year. Has the same weapons around him. Doug Martin, Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson. I really think Jameis Winston is going to be able to uh, 
really impress some people and, again, make that big step. Tampa, again, could win the NFC South. That's a real tough division with a lot of good teams in it. Maybe a little bit too young now, but I think they're going to make a really big stride. Atlanta, on the other hand, I think they're kind of just staying steady. Uh, They lost Roddy White. They addressed some needs on defense for their front seven. They get pressure on the quarterback in the draft. Atlanta, I think, again, maybe a little bit of a surprising team to some people. Could, again, win the NFC South. They have Matt Ryan, who is a proven winner. Maybe not in the playoffs, but is a great regular season quarterback. But in this game, I think Tampa Bay is going to just end up winning it. Not only beating the spread, but winning the game. Then, the next game I'm going to talk about, Minnesota at Tennessee. Tennessee with Marcus Mariota uh, addressed the running back position in the offseason, traded for DeMarco Murray, and then drafted Derrick Henry. So they got a real nice one-two punch back there to complement a young quarterback, which is always good because a run game always helps out a quarterback, and especially a mobile quarterback like this one. Also, they got Mariota, a good receiver in the offseason, maybe a little bit older, but Andre Johnson brings some maturity, brings some veteran leadership to the Titans. So I really like what Tennessee's building on. Their defense was surprisingly and a little bit under the radar last year, very good. So Tennessee in the AFC South, probably not going to win it, but I definitely think maybe go 7 and 9, 8 and 8. And then, like I said, they're playing Minnesota this week. Minnesota made the playoffs last year, uh, almost beat the Seahawks, which would have been a humongous win for Minnesota. But I think a big reason they did so good last year was Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, not going to be there for him. Tore his ACL in a non-contact injury, and I hate to see that. He was a UofL Cardinal, so I wasn't very fond of him. But once you're out of college, it's whatever, man. You are what you are. Um, He was a good quarterback, and I feel bad for him. He vowed to be back better and stronger, so I definitely think he will be. Minnesota drafted Treadwell, the kid from uh, Ole Miss, a wide receiver. And they are, as always, they got AP back there, who is 31, but is still a hell of a running back. They got Stephon Diggs as well on the outside at receiver, and then Cardell Patterson in the special teams game. And again, like Tennessee's defense last year, Minnesota's defense, very under the radar, but a very good defense. Uh, Tennessee's a two-point, two-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, Minnesota brought in Sam Bradford. They traded a first and a fourth-round pick for him, and there's still a little bit of controversy over who's going to start, whether it's going to be Sam Bradford or Sean Hill. If you trade that much away for a guy, I obviously think you should start him, but I think they might let Sean Hill just be out there, and if he starts messing up, bring in Bradford, who was a former number one overall pick. So, again, Tennessee, a two-and-a-half-point underdog. I'm going to take Tennessee to flat-out win the game. The next game, we're going to go to the city of brotherly love. We're going to go to Philadelphia. We got the Eagles going up against the Browns. Eagles are a four-point favorite against the Browns. The Browns bringing in RG3 during the offseason to address their horrid quarterback situation. They really need him. From what I've seen and what I've heard, RG3 is doing really well, played real well in the preseason, is voted a permanent captain by the team. Hugh Jackson, new coach, the offensive coordinator last year for the uh, Bengals, coming in now as the new head coach of the Browns. Really a hard-nosed, disciplined type of guy, but I think he's a player's coach as well, and I think if given enough time, 
the Browns don't really do this enough. They don't really give coaches enough time to get their systems in, get players they want in. But I think Hugh Jackson, if he's given the time, can really make a big difference in Cleveland. Uh, they're getting Cleveland is Josh Gordon back after four games. So the first four games could be a little rough at receiver. They got uh, Corey Coleman in the first round, wide receiver from Baylor, who uh, by all indications has been playing really well. And then they got Terrell Pryor. Yeah, that Terrell Pryor, the one that was a quarterback a couple years ago. He's now starting opposite of Coleman as a wide receiver. And it's been a bit of a struggle for him to transition, taking a couple years to wide receiver. But now that he's there, he has a couple years under his belt. I think he'll be a good serviceable receiver until Gordon gets back. And then he can slide into the slot and be a real nice third option. Philadelphia, though, Doug Peterson, new head coach, got rid of Bradford, going to end up probably starting the second overall pick from North Dakota State, um, Carson Wentz, for his first game. Had some broken ribs in the preseason, so didn't get a lot of reps there, but I really like him. I definitely think he's going to be a pro in the league, Um, maybe a little Ryan Fitzpatrick build, a real game manager, I think, and if you get good enough defense, which the Eagles actually do have, you can win some games if your quarterback's not turning the ball over. Uh, they're probably going to lean a lot on the run with Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles, but that's okay. Like I said, a good run game is a quarterback's best friend, especially a rookie quarterback. So I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I think it's going to be close through much of the game, but I think both teams are going to do a lot right, and I think for these teams that are trying to find that identity, like both these teams are, it's going to be a good building block for the season for them. Next game on the schedule, we got Cincinnati at the Jets. Cincinnati is a two and a half point favorite. Cincinnati looking to replace some playmakers on offense this year. They lost Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu, both wide receivers that played opposite AJ Green. They drafted Tyler Boyd, wide receiver out of Pittsburgh in the draft, brought in Brandon LaFell from the Patriots in the offseason. But as always, they got the two-headed monster in the backfield between Gio Bernard and Josh Hill. I think Josh Hill is going to have a really good year this year because of losing the second wide receiver. I think they're going to lean heavily on running game this year. Andy Dalton is still going to be able to throw the ball and get it to A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert, but I think they're going to need to run the ball more this year. I think Josh Hill, his style of running and his body type is just going to hold up a little bit better than Gio Bernard's, but Gio Bernard is a very exciting running back. I like watching him. He's a playmaker, and he provides something that not a lot of teams have, and It's a really good complimentary back to the power game that Josh Hill has. Now we look at the Jets. The Jets finally signed Ryan Fitzpatrick in the offseason to a one-year deal. Um, They still have Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker out there at wide receiver. Bring in Matt Forte, though, from the Bears. That's a real big addition since they lost Chris Ivory this offseason. But Matt Forte, um, still on the right side of 30, going to probably produce pretty well this year in a team that likes to run the ball. And they can get Forte the ball in a lot of ways. Forte can catch the ball out of the backfield, can block real well, can run real well. I think Forte is going to be a real nice fit here in New York. This game, I'm going to take the Jets to win the game. And I think the Jets really need to take advantage of the four games that Brady's going to be out. Because I think when Brady gets back, they're probably going to have a hard time in the AFC East. But if they can get a couple game lead on the Patriots, it could be tough sledding for the Patriots to get those games back. So the Jets don't think they're probably going to win the AFC East. Maybe could get a wild card out of that. But... Excuse me. But to begin with, the four first four games that Brady's gone, the Jets need to take advantage of, and I think they will. Moving on, we're going to go down to the bayou. We got the Oakland Raiders, who are a 
point underdog against the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans looking to build on a kind of mediocre last year. Sean Payton, Drew Brees, steadfast head figures down there, bringing in Mike Thomas in the offseason, the wide receiver from Ohio State, Kobe Fleener at tight end from the Colts. I think New Orleans is poised to have a really good year. Drew Brees never seems to really... Uh, show his age at all always puts up really monstrous numbers is a good fantasy quarterback but also a good NFL quarterback and I think with the addition um, of Ingram down there as well who's been down there a couple years and CJ Spiller they finally have a run game to complement that the big question though down in New Orleans is the defense can their defense be serviceable they were god awful last year can they just be a little bit better then we turn the tables, we look at Oakland. Third year for Derek Carr. Um, this is kind of the year when the quarterback takes that really big step. Kind of goes from game manager okay to uh, next level. Maybe elite, some would hope. Um, second year for Amari Cooper, uh, Carr's first option. They also got uh, Latavius Murray in the backfield, who's a very good running back. Then they got Michael Crabtree opposite of Cooper and stuff. And then Khalil Mack, Bruce Irving, Carl Joseph on the defensive side. Their defense defense is going to be scary good especially Khalil Mack I really like how he plays how aggressive he is so I think Oakland's going to come out and win this game I think they're going to be able to make enough plays on defense that the play that the Saints aren't going to be able to make that are going to make Oakland win this game Moving on to our next game, we got San Diego visiting the Chiefs in Kansas City. Kansas City's a six and a half point favorite. Uh, bet the house on this. Kansas City's winning this game by a lot. San Diego is a dumpster fire. I feel real bad for Phillip Rivers. Uh, always puts up great numbers as a good quarterback, good guy from all I've heard, but their O line is terrible. Melvin Gordon wasn't able to even find the end zone once last year. I hope to God he can change that this year. I think he will. I think. Uh, year two for running backs is where they kind of adjust and really are capable and able to show what they can do. But I really think San Diego is going to be god-awful this year. And the Chiefs, I think they're going to be really good this year. They get Jamal Charles back coming from his second ACL tear. He came back from the first one like a champ, so I foresee him doing it again. They got the ultimate game manager, I feel like, in Alex Smith. Andy Reid at head coach, who is always just a solid figure. Jeremy Macklin on the outside as well. And their defense with Tom Ali and Justin Houston, just great defense as well. Eric Berry, man in the safety position there. Uh, like I said, bet the house on this one. Kansas City is going to win this game pretty easily. Next, we move to Buffalo at Baltimore. Baltimore having a real disappointing year last year. Joe Flacco tearing his ACL near the end of the year last year. Buffalo kind of found its identity at quarterback last year with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod finally got a chance out of Virginia Tech to show what he could do in the NFL. Kind of funny, uh, he was on Baltimore uh, early on in his career, and they kind of let him slip behind Joe Flacco and get away from him. But now he's starting for Baltimore. For uh, Buffalo, not Baltimore, my apologies. And he's really did really well last year, if I do say so myself. Um, last year, they got LaShawn McCoy. He was a bit of a dud last year. So look for him to kind of have a rebound year this year, I feel like, as well. Uh, Rex Ryan loves to run the ball. And without Carlos Williams, who was kind of a handcuff for him last year, I think he's going to do real well. Buffalo's also got Sammy Watkins on the outside as well. Real deep threat for Tyrod. I think Sammy Watkins probably going to catch at least one deep ball this game from Tyrod for a touchdown. 
Baltimore, as I said, they get Steve Smith Sr. back, who was going to retire last year after his injury, but decided to come back. They got Justin Forsett running back, who was pretty serviceable, and their defense is always good. Um, But I think Buffalo is going to come out and win this one. Uh, Baltimore is going to play them really tough. Baltimore is always a tough team, no matter what. But I think Buffalo comes out on top in this one. Moving on, down we go to the Lone Star State, where the Texans will be playing the Bears. Texans, six-point favorite. Uh, Houston brought in a lot of pieces this offseason. Brought in Brock Osweiler at quarterback from Denver. Kind of stole him right from out uh, the Broncos' noses. Bringing Lamar Miller from the Dolphins, the running back. Get rid of Arian Foster, who was a really good running back. Really understood the zone run scheme that they had down there in Houston. Uh, J.J. Watt, Davian Clowney both on the defensive side of the ball. A really good guy that is kind of overlooked in that whole defense. John Simon out of Ohio State. I know I'm an Ohio State fan, but had a pick six, two of them actually in the uh, preseason. Uh, As a real hard worker, so look for him as well this season. I really think, but I really think Houston is going to have a great year. I think they're going to win the AFC South by a lot of games. DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Strong, Will Fuller, Braxton Miller, a great young wide receiving core. DeAndre Hopkins, one of, if not the best receiver in the league, depending on who you're asking, finally has a quarterback who seems to be just better than okay. In the past, he had Matt Schaub, um, TJ Yates. Last year, he had Ryan Mallett. Um, just really okay quarterbacks but now Brock Brock Osweiler I think he can be better than just okay I think that's going to really show and help him throughout the year so like I said I'm going to take the Texans in this game Chicago they still got Jay Cutler at quarterback Alshon Jeffrey is still a really big playmaker for them they finally get the rookie that they drafted last year Kevin White out of West Virginia at wide receiver really excited to see him play also another thing I'm really looking forward to seeing is how Jeremy Langford can uh, handle being the number one back last Last year, when Forte went down, he did a pretty good job. But now that he's got 16 games to do it, you wonder if he's going to play a little better, play a little bit safer, try and save his body for the regular season. He's a bit of a smaller back as well, but he can catch the ball real well, run between the tackles well for his size. So I'm really interested in that. But I think Houston going to be able to cover the six points and win the game fairly easy. The next game we're going to look at, we got the Green Bay Packers going down to Jacksonville and playing the Jaguars. Green Bay is only a five-point favorite. This game is going to be a shootout. Get your popcorn, get your Coke, and just sit down, watch it, relax, and hope. Bet the over because this game is going to be a shootout. Both teams fire power on offense and a little bit lacking on defense. Jacksonville with with Blake Bortles, um, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, TJ Yeldon, Chris Ivory at running back and stuff. I really think they're a good young team going to challenge the Texans in the FC South and the Colts in the FC South. Their defense, Miles Jack, um, Dante Fowler, Jalen Ramsey, all players they took through the draft and are really developing Uh, Dante Fowler didn't really get to play last year because of his injury, but their defense is coming along, I think. Their offense is too. I think the Jaguars in the next couple years are really going to stop Stop being the laughing stock of the NFL and really turn it around. Uh, The Packers, always a threat in the NFC, always a lot of people's Super Bowl picks. And with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, it's hard not to be a Super Bowl pick. The man's 
um, putting up great numbers every year, uh, Hall of Fame numbers. He finally gets his uh, number one receiver back, Jordy Nelson, last year. Really hurt their offense, not having the deep threat. Randall Cobb had to move from the slot to the outside. That's just not his natural position. And from what I've heard, Eddie Lacy has slimmed down a lot in this offseason, looking real quick, making cuts that he's not been able to make. So I look for him, Eddie Lacy, to have a big year, run the ball, be able to balance that offense out so Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing the ball about 40 or 50 times a game. I'm going to take the Packers in this game to cover, and I'm going to take the Packers as well in the season. I really like what they got going on in Green Bay. Moving on to the next game, we got Miami at Seattle going up to Seattle where the 12th man is always a factor. Seattle is a 10.5 point favorite. I really like what Seattle's got this year. They're kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Russell Wilson was kind of given the keys to the kingdom last year um, once Marshawn Lynch was out, and he put up real big numbers. Uh, Jimmy Graham was a little bit of a disappointment for them. Kind of threw off the way their offense worked a little bit. Doug Baldwin really came on last year. Tyler Lockett, the rookie last year, was a nice addition. I think he's going to make a real big step this year. Uh, Thomas Rawls and Christian Michael at running back for them, and their defense is always, always at the top of the league. So I really like what Seattle's got going for them this year. Miami, Ryan Tannehill looks to just keep building and getting better. It's almost at that time where it's kind of make or break seasons now because they've given him a lot of chances. I think this is now the year where he has his best receiving core. He's got Jarvis Landry. He's got Juice back there, Jarvis Landry, who is a really good, underrated, kind of a poor man's Antonio Brown. And that's kind of an insult because Jarvis Landry is really good. Also, they got Devontae Parker out of Louisville, who his rookie season was kind of cut short a little bit because of injuries, but he's a beast at wide receiver. They also got Kenny Stills in the slot. Kenny Stills is a really good receiver. Uh, got him. They got him from New Orleans where he didn't really get a lot of chances because of the depth they had in that receiving core, but now I think he found his niche in uh, Miami. He's going to be able to put up some good numbers as well, opposite of the other two receivers. But in this game, like I said, Seattle's got too much going for him, especially in Seattle, so I'm going to take Seattle to win this game. Another big game that's going to happen Sunday. We got an NFC battle. We got the Giants against Dallas at Dallas. It's a pick'em game, so it's up in the air 50-50. I like the Giants. Um, the Giants, Eli Manning back there, elite Eli, um, plays every game. He hasn't missed a game in his NFL career. Uh, say what you will, he might throw a couple interceptions, make some bonehead plays. He's got two Super Bowl rings, two Super Bowl MVPs, and he really earned them. Um, he's a good quarterback. I really think he's elite. Um, he's got Odell Beckham. They drafted Sterling Shepard. They're going to have a running back by committee. Their defense does need a little work, I will say that. They try to address that with uh, drafting Eli Apple uh, in the first round I think that's going to help them a lot if the Giants can figure out the running game and just get their defense to be serviceable they got enough firepower on offense especially with Victor Cruz coming back from his injury last year missing all of last year I think the Giants are going to be pretty solid and a threat in the NFC East um the story with Dallas is Tony Romo's health um I wish he would be healthy because if he is that team is probably a 12 and 4 13 and 3 team um, they got Des Bryant on the outside, drafted Ezekiel Elliott fourth overall. Um, behind that offensive line, he's going to do wonders. Um, they got Terrence Williams on the outside as well. Jason Witten, the stalwart at tight end down there for him. Um, their defense, a little questionable. Um, a lot of suspensions coming from them on that side of the ball. But I think if Tony Romo was down there, 
I think all this would be going away, and I think we'd be talking about how many games Dallas is probably going to win the NFC East by. They got Dak Prescott, though. He uh, was a preseason superhero, um, really showed that under the right system and in the right system where the plays are kind of catered for him and they're not really hard passes and stuff, he could uh, really put up some good numbers and win games for him. So uh, Tony Romo's going to be out at least six weeks. So Dak, you got six weeks to show Dallas what you can do. I think you're going to be pretty good, um, but I don't think you're going to win this one in the first week. I got the Giants pulling this one out. The next game we're going to look at, we got Detroit going to Indianapolis, where Indianapolis is a a three-and-a-half point favorite. They finally get Andrew Luck back at quarterback for the Colts. He was hurt last year. Matthew Hasselbeck had to start some games. Uh, They barely got to 8-8, weren't really a factor in the AFC South. They got T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief on the outside at receivers. They got an aging Frank Gore at running back, so they're going to need some help there as well. Through the draft, they addressed some needs on the offensive line to keep Andrew Luck upright and help that run game, which they desperately need. Their defense, though, in the past, and I think this year as well, is going to be pretty questionable. That's going to be the uh, pretty weakness of their team. So, again, the Colts go as far as Andrew Luck can take them. But if Andrew Luck is putting up 40 points a game, but their defense more than likely is going to be letting out 41 points. I really think the Colts are going to struggle this year and not really be that much of a threat in the AFC South. Detroit losing Megatron. That's the big story. Brought in Marvin Jones this season to try and replace him and Quan Bolden as well. They already have Golden Tate there as their number one, who's a really good receiver who now can uh, really show his talents as the number one. Matthew Stafford there, um, really interested to see how he's going to fare without his number one because he's always really just been able, if there's been trouble or need a big play, just throw it up to Megatron, Calvin Johnson, and hope for the best. Um, I don't think there's really a receiver on the team this year for him to be able to do that. Amir Abdullah, his second year out of Nebraska at running back for them. Like I said earlier, the second year is where the running backs really adjust and can show what they can do in the NFL. I think he's going to have a good year for them. He's a running back that can run the ball, block well, and catch the ball at the backfield. So I'm really looking forward to see him play. In this game, I'm going to take Detroit. I'm going to take Detroit big. And I think Detroit is going to be sneaky good in the NFC North. The next game we're going to look at, some people are calling it a Super Bowl preview. Yeah, Super Bowl preview. Already in the first week. Lucky us. We got New England at Arizona. Obviously, the story, Tom Brady suspended the first four games. Jimmy Garoppolo going to have to step in, face Arizona's stud-filled defense. Probably the best defense in the league. Um, Arizona's a six-point favorite. Arizona's going to lean on Carson Palmer, David Johnson at running back, Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd at receiver, Josh Brown, John Brown at wide receiver as well, a real speedster in the slot. Um, Arizona's defense is always going to be there. Arizona's defense also signed Chandler Jones, a former Patriot this offseason. New England lost Deion Lewis without Tom Brady. Now there's news that Gronk might even play. Um, I'm taking Arizona, and I think they're going to win big, but I don't think this is any indication of how New England's season's going to go. I think if 
Jimmy Garoppolo can get them to two and two. If they're lucky, three and one, that's a win. If they're zero and four and one and three, um, real concerned about what New England's going to have ahead of them. It's going to be a real tough uphill battle. But in Week Five, when they get Brady back, they'll be playing the Browns. I think that's a nice game for him to come back in against a pretty bad team like the Browns and just knock the rust off a little bit. But like I said, if the Patriots can go 2-2 two and two in the four games that Brady's out. It's a real win for them. Arizona, I really like them this year. Um, it seems to be the story that Carson Palmer can play real well in the regular season, but then, like he did last year against the Panthers in the playoffs, just put up a terrible game. And I hate to see that for Carson Palmer because the way he's been able to overcome adversity in his career, you'd like to see him get a Super Bowl or get some playoff wins or something like that. But like I said, Arizona really like them. New England, when they get Brady back, I really like them. And I don't think this is a Super Bowl preview, but it could happen as well. So I'm really, really looking forward to this game. So Sunday games are out of the way. And yeah, they're doing that thing again. Monday night football. I think people kind of like that, right? Yeah, it's okay. So the NFL's doing that again on ESPN with doubleheader for the first Monday night football games. We got Pittsburgh playing at Washington. Pittsburgh's a three-point favorite. Some people are picking Pittsburgh to win the entire AFC, represent them in the Super Bowl. I'm a Pittsburgh fan. Um, I really like Ben Roethlisberger, uh, what he's been doing the past couple years under Todd Haley. I like Le'Veon Bell once he's going to get off his uh, suspension. I really like Antonio Brown as well, obviously. What I really think is going to hurt them, though, is the fact that Martavius Bryan's out. Martavius Bryan really provided another receiver threat for people not to be able to double-team Antonio Brown. Martavius was able to take the top off of the defense, was a freak athlete, super speed, and could make catches like he did against the Bengals in the playoffs that are ridiculous and some people would never even dream of making. Pittsburgh's front seven is really good. The questions on their defense come in when it talks about the secondary. That's always kind of been a problem for them since they lost Troy Polamalu. So I think if they can figure that out and figure out who's going to be that second and third receiver that Ben really likes to hit when he's scrambling around, I think they'll be all right. And I really think once they get Le'Veon back and they can really run the ball as much as they want to um, every game, they're going to be really dangerous. Washington, Kirk Cousins had really good year last year once he finally was able to be named the starter. They got Matt Jones back there. They signed Josh Norman in the offseason, um, claimed to be the best cornerback. Um, I really think Josh Norman was just a system quarterback, so cornerback, so I don't know how he's really going to fare going up against all these really good receivers in the NFC South twice a year, like Des Bryant, like Odell. But I'm really interested to see. Um, In this game, I'm going to take the Steelers, and I'm going to say they cover as well. And to close out week one in the NFL, we got the new L.A. Rams going to San Francisco playing the 49ers, where the Rams are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The Rams drafted Jared Goff out of California at quarterback, hoping they could just plug him, play him first week. But he's not going to be in uniform. He's injured. So they got Case Keenum back there, the guy out of Houston who puts up okay numbers, kind of a game manager, real change of pace from where he was at Houston in college, breaking NCAA records, to now come to the NFL and not really putting up huge numbers. But 
What L.A. is going to need to do all year, not just this game, is run the ball. And luckily, they got Todd Gurley, a great running back out of Georgia in his second year, who was the Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. I think he's going to build on that, have a great year as well. And their defense with Aaron Donald in the middle is superb. I really like their defense. Um, Got to watch the hard knocks on them. And I really like Jeff Fisher as a coach. I like his system, how hard-nosed he is, but he still is fair. So I like the Rams in this game the 49ers are just a dumpster fire um when Blaine Gabbert and Colin Kaepernick are your quarterbacks um Colin Kaepernick is nowhere near as good as he was under Jim Harbaugh and it's very concerning because can a coach really be that important but apparently he can um Blaine Gabbert, not really good either. The only bright spot the 49ers really had is Carlos Hyde, a good young running back in his third year. I feel real bad for him because I think on a good team, he could be a really nice piece for a championship team. So in this game, I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to say they cover as well. I think the L.A. Rams start off their California experience in style. Well, folks, that wraps up week one in the NFL. But I'm feeling pretty generous, and I like y'all. You listen this far, so I'm going to give you some NFL superlatives. The MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year. Then, so I'm feeling so nice, I'm going to give you my Super Bowl pick. So starting out, the MVP. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. I think he has a really big year. I think he throws a lot of touchdowns, throws for a lot of yards. And I think what's really going to help him win the MVP is how well the Seahawks perform in games and how many games they win, and also his rushing ability. Defensive player of the year, I'm going to go Khalil Mack for the Raiders. Like I said earlier, I really like how he plays, and that's all you really need to know. He plays hard every game, always around the ball, big physical guy, so... It's going to be pretty hard for him to dethrone J.J. Watt, but I think this is the year Khalil Mack does it. Then, moving on to comeback player of the year, Jamal Charles. Um, already came back once from an ACL tear, and I think this year he's going to do it just as well, if not better, for the Chiefs. So he's my comeback player of the year. Um, my rookie of the year, I'm going to say it's either going to be between Derrick Henry or Ezekiel Elliott. Right now, I'm leaning towards Ezekiel Elliott just because I think he's in a little bit of a better situation with the offensive line he's got than Derrick Henry is. But one of those two is going to win it. But like I said, just because of the situation he's in, I got Ezekiel Elliott. And now it's time for my Super Bowl picks. The NFC this year is head and shoulders better than the AFC, and I really think that. Um, The NFC has so many teams that are going to compete for the NFC crown and the AFC they have teams like that as well but when you compare them to me the NFC is just way better so the NFC teams that I think that really have a chance this year are the uh, Panthers Seahawks Cardinals and Packers those are my big four in the NFC my big four from the AFC are New England Denver Pittsburgh and the Texans so I think in the NFC Championship game, it's going to be the Packers versus the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks get it done. In the AFC Championship game, I think it's going to be New England versus the Texans. I think the Patriots are going to get it done. And then in the Super Bowl, you got the Seahawks versus the Patriots. And I think, again, the Patriots are going to come out on top. But I think Tom Brady is going to retire after this year. I think... 
The Patriots are going to be down, probably 1-3, really going to have an uphill battle, and Tom Brady is going to have to have probably the best season of his career for them to be as good as I think they're going to be. And I think Tom's up for that challenge. But I think this year is going to take a lot out of him. He's going to realize that he can't play it for as long as he wants to. I think he's going to retire after this year. But he's going to go out on top as a five-time Super Bowl champion more than anybody else, cementing his place as the GOAT quarterback. And I don't even like Tom Brady that much. These are just facts. So again, Patriots over the Seahawks, over the MVP of the league, Russell Wilson and his Seahawks. The Patriots, your Super Bowl 51 champions. Now that we've looked forward to the NFL season, let's look at something in the NFL that's already happened. How about the first game of the year? The Panthers versus the Broncos at mile high. The Broncos pulling one out, 21-20. Graham Gano for the Panthers missing the field goal from 50 yards out with zero time left on the clock. Real disappointing game for the Panthers. Coming out looking for revenge from Super Bowl 50. Um, couldn't get it. Cam Newton played a pretty good game, a really chippy game. Broncos players, their defense, kind of taking some cheap shots, sort of late hits. Some questionable calls by the referees, um, not getting any flags for late hits and whatnot and targetings. But what are you going to do? The game's over. Broncos defense did what it did best, shut down Cam Newton, it seems like. Von Miller had a really good game. C.J. Anderson had a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Really good. Trevor Simeon's night, um, his debut in the NFL, not really what you would want uh, from stats-wise. Threw an interception on a screenplay, but did get the win. Um, Does seem like a real game manager and with the Broncos defense if Simeon can improve each week that'll be good Um, another big thing to note Kelvin Benjamin is back had a really good game had a touchdown this game seems to be Cam Newton's go-to where Greg Olson was last year now it's Benjamin this year and that's a good thing to see he didn't look really 100% you could tell sometimes uh, his legs were like not really under him but when he gets fully back he's going to be a top five receiver in the league and I truly believe that so I'm really excited to see how he progresses and his health come along and really get better and perform this year Cam Newton going to need to take this loss rattle the troops probably rattle off 15 wins in a row because I think they're good enough to do that and Cam Newton is a really special player the Broncos in a uh, depleted kind of AFC this year um, if their defense can do what they did last year and Simeon like I said just build and get better and not really turn the ball over I really think they got a chance as well but great start to the NFL season a real close game really enjoyed watching it and uh, like I said great start to the season well boys and girls we made it made it through the third Carson Sack podcast where we talk balls again Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the continued support. Um, 145 plays is what I got last week so far on the second episode, and that means so much to me. I can't thank you all enough for that. Um, The continued support, the, hey, I really like the podcast. Hey, it sounds great. You know your stuff. The comments like that that I'm getting in person from people means a lot. I thank you all for listening. You don't have to, and you choose to, and I really appreciate that. So again, thank you all for listening. 
to Carson Sack Podcast, episode number three. This is where we talk balls, and I'll be seeing you.